you guys want to walk towards your seat, we're going to get started here in a moment. It's so good to see you guys. <laughs> and to see people again in church. I'm so excited. <laughs> so if you guys came in, you should have gotten a little bulletin. It's going to have some information for you, this service of places that your kids can go. They start to get a little bit loud. We also have some great tables in the back for families to utilize. Later on in the service, we're going to have your kids come up and we'll give them a service bag. That will also have your announcements on it if you want to scan and for that. It'll also have a link to offering. So during the offering portion, feel free to scan that and then you can give digitally that way. So we're going to get started with our psalm of the day, and our psalm comes from 89, and it says, I will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever. With my mouth, I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I said, steadfast love will be built up forever. In the heavens, you will establish your faithfulness. You have said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David, my servant. I will establish your offspring forever and build your throne for all generations. Blessed are the people who know the festal shout, who walk, O Lord, in the light of your face, who exalt in your name all the day, and your righteousness are exalted. For you are the glory of their strength, and by your favor our horn is exalted. For our shield belongs to the Lord and our King to the Holy One of Israel. So Father God, we just invite your presence into this space. Lord, we are so excited to be back with people that we love, even if we're distant away. And Lord, we just pray a special prayer blessing over everyone in this space, everyone watching online, everyone making their way to the sanctuary. But we pray for a spirit of peace, for anticipation of what you want to say to us this morning. We love you, we exalt you, we thank you for being the Father and the God that you've been since the beginning. In your name we pray. are still on the throne and that we can submit our prayers and our petitions to you and that you tell us that you are near to the brokenhearted that while this feels like an unprecedented time to us while this feels like uncharted waters for us what we know is that you see all know all are in all and nothing is beyond the scope of your hand we thank you that your name anchors us. We thank you that the lifting and the speaking of the name of Jesus, that it matters. It matters to the persecuted church. It matters to those that are lost and held in bondage and captivity. It matters for those of us who are suffering in silence, speaking the name of Jesus does something. And so as we pray together, 
We pray knowing and believing that things change when we corporately pray and proclaim the name of Jesus, who is a lover of justice. who is near to the orphans and to the widows. For the universal church, its members and its mission, we pray for the church in China as they continue to face persecution and the destruction of buildings and interference by the government. Would you give them endurance to continue on in their faith journey, extend supernatural protection for them and a peace that cannot be shaken? We lift up the Nigerian Christians as they continue to face devastation and persecution at the hands of Boko Haram. Would you move mightily in the hands of justice and bring the, an end to the torture? Lord, hear our prayer. Oh, you hear us call, you hear us call. southern parts of Mexico as they recover from the earthquake that has devastated, leaving many homeless, hospitals, and many other buildings damaged. Would your mercy meet and fall upon your people, give wisdom and resources necessary to recover all that was lost. We pray for progress in containing the wildfires in Arizona as they impact more land and livelihoods. Bring water upon the fires. God, would you bring protection and strategy to the firefighters and first responders and keep them and the civilians safe. Lord, hear our prayer. You hear us call, you hear us call, of Smyrna and Cobb County. We ask for wisdom as the school board begins to make decisions regarding next year. Allow people to extend grace in the midst of the unknowns. Give the decision makers continued wisdom. Give resources and necessary uh, access for teachers to serve and love their students well. We ask that the students that are marginalized and feel unseen and unsafe, would you give them the resources necessary to be successful in this upcoming school year? We pray for the continued COVID cases as they begin to increase again. God, would you allow fear to be to remain at bay, but for wisdom to take place? And we love our neighbors well. Lord, hear our prayer. community and all those who suffer in it. We pray for the staff and the leadership as they make decisions going forward of how to best love our community and serve the community of River City well. God, would you give them supernatural wisdom and discernment on the steps to take, give them clarity in the best decisions, 
God, we pray for Ginny and Jessica as they steward in, steward and usher in a new season for City Kids. Would you allow dreaming to take place in the, in the midst of this space that we have been given? May we see it as a blessing and a gift. May our kids know as a community that you are not done with what you are wanting to cultivate in their hearts, and may we partner with them in this time. Lord, hear our prayer. When you hear us calling, you hear us calling, How's everybody? It's kind of kind of crazy, right? Really doing it. Some of the people are still doing it online. Thanks for jumping on. Um, a lot of different things happening right now. I want to start off by reading you just a couple of passages to remind you of some things that are very important. Matthew 18:20. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. So he's saying, I am among you. Somebody say that to me. Good. You can say that at home too. Next, 1 Peter 2.9, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who calls you out of darkness into marvelous light. You can proclaim his excellencies. Say that. I can proclaim his excellencies. And then lastly, Hebrews 10.24 through 25. Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging, love, and helping out. Not avoiding worshiping together, that's here or online, as some are doing, but spurring each other on, especially as we see the big day approaching. This has been a major theme for me, is how important it is to be with you. And some of us have been with each other differently, small groups, our staff is together a lot, but to just be here in person, the Spirit of God is with us. That is an absolute truth. He is amongst us. He is with us now. That's something to celebrate. I'm excited. It's also awkward. It's incredibly awkward. First service, we had 35, 40 people. It was odd. We were still together. It was beautiful. This service, some are here, some are at home. These are gifts that we're able to have even in this season. But I want to just share with you a few things. One, many people in this room right now are carrying a weight because of the season we're in. Many different kinds of weights. I want to just openly acknowledge that you feel weighted down and that you've had to navigate. It's a little bit like I heard somebody talking about. It was like somebody in March asked us to run a sprint. And then when we were done with the sprint, they were like, oh, yeah, you have to swim across the ocean. And then now you got to go ride um, a bike across a desert. Like that's, it's a little bit like we thought it was going to be a little bit of a race, but now it's a triathlon. And you're like, I wasn't equipped for any of this. It's funny how... You can pull up this other passage. I didn't get to this one in first service. This is ringing true more now than ever. 
The heart of man plans his ways, but the Lord will establish his steps. I even look at the vision statements on our windows that we created in January, and I talked with Kara about it. It was a little bit like Jesus was giggling a little bit at what we were writing down because we didn't see what was coming, but we're here, and he's with us. But I want to share with you just a few of the lessons I've got so far from this year. Starting off with, we prayed in January that God would form our community to want to be with Jesus, to become like Jesus, to do what he did. We have been given spaces to be with Jesus. Whether we like or dislike the spaces, whether they've been up or down, I have developed on my back porch my own little secret place that I go to early in the morning. I spend hours there reading, praying, singing uncomfortably, just being there. It's now my little secret place that I've really was hoping God would show me. I also have noticed the gift of each of my family members. They were here first service. I've seen more clearly that my youngest daughter, who when she, when I found out my wife was pregnant with her, I feel like God spoke to me that she would be a delight to the world. And she is an absolute delight. She's sensitive and tender and loving. She'll walk up to me and say, Daddy, I love you so, so, so much. She'll put her head right here. And then she'll scream at me for something I did and apologize instantly Literally, I'm so sorry for what I just did as an eight-year-old. My older daughter, 12 years old, she's now a fully grown human, and she's passionate and fierce, and I've seen these more clearly now because she's around all the time. My son, who's not here today, is intelligent, but he's also super tender, and I've got to see the layers of the depth of how tender he is. I'm asking him not to hide it. I've also seen that we need to recognize that racial reconciliation is hugely important right now. And that we have to take the fight from Facebook to our actual lives and become listeners and learners and be active. That's a big lesson for us as we continue. That won't go away. That's something we're stepping into as a body. I've also recognized that I don't like to cry and that three months ago I asked God to develop in me a heart that would cry. And on two separate occasions, I've weeped for hours. One was watching Chosen, which I've all, you've all heard about it so much that it's annoying at this point. Specifically, the scene built around Mary Magdalene in John 4. And the other one was watching Ad Estra with Brad Pitt, who's seen that movie. I don't know why. Honestly, I weep like a child in that movie. But I sat alone, made sure everyone was asleep again, and I cried. The whole movie, just inward, like the kind of weeping that you like. It's so deeply inside. I remember asking God, can you develop in me a heart that would want to cry and even laugh? I've laughed more. I also learned that sarcasm is not a gift from me to you. This is a serious thing. It seems funny, but sarcasm for me is a way that I've always deflected being intimate. And one of my prayers this year was, God, make me intimate with you and make me intimate with other humans. I don't even like saying that out loud. And one of the ways he's done that is show me that one of the tools I use to not be intimate with other humans is sarcasm. Somebody actually told me recently that sarcasm is a sign of intelligence. And for me, it made me want to continue to be sarcastic. And so it's a fight. And I want you guys to join me in this fight against sarcasm. Because when I say it, it's because I'm trying to not let you in. I'm not saying that's why other people on our staff use that gift. Maybe it's a strength for them. Maybe not. But I know for me, when I'm doing it, it's because I want you to stay at bay. God is showing me lots of things. I've also learned Jesus is with us. He's not confused. He is in this with us. He's before us. He's our shepherd. I've learned that if we lean towards Christ and not away, 
He will continue to guide us. And I've also learned that from the beginning of this year, God was calling the body of Christ globally into repentance, not to just be people who spoke truth to powers, but spoke truth to the powers in our own hearts. Not to just talk about what we don't want to do that our fathers did and our forefathers did, but to ask for forgiveness for what they did and what we've done, to model what it looks like to look inwardly, to model what it looks like, not to just say that's wrong, but to say this is wrong. It's got to start inwardly. And the prophet Jeremiah spends his message speaking to a people, reminding them of two things. God needs to be back at the center of your life. He needs to be on the throne. And you need to repent. And he spent time weeping for a nation. He spent time crying out for people. He developed a rhythm of being with God so that he could impact the world around him. In this specific passage, in Jeremiah 28. It's a confusing, beautiful display of what happens when people don't know what God is saying. And it's more confusing because there's two prophets specifically arguing in the temple about what God is saying. And one of them is actually saying, I'm certain that God's saying this. And the other one's saying, actually, he's saying this. And then the people are like, well, what is, what is God saying? Has there ever been a time more important for the people of God to hear from Yahweh, Creator, Jesus, Emmanuel, Spirit of God? Has there ever been a time to lean in more than now? So I want to read this to you. You can follow along. In that same year, at the beginning of the reign of Zedekiah, king of Judah, in the fifth month of the fourth year, Hananiah, the son of Azur, the prophet from Gibeon, spoke to me in the house of the Lord, in the presence of the priests and all the people, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon. Within two years I will bring back to this place all the vessels of the Lord's house, which Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, took away from this place and carried to Babylon. I will also bring back to this place Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah and all the exiles from Judah, who went to Babylon, declares the Lord. For I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon. Push pause. When I read this, I thought, I know what I'm preaching. I can't wait to talk about how God's going to restore the temple. Keep that in mind as we continue. Then the prophet Jeremiah spoke to Hananiah, the prophet in the presence of the priest and all the people who were standing in the house of the Lord. And the prophet Jeremiah said, Amen. May the Lord do so. May the Lord make the words that you have prophesied come true and bring back to this place from Babylon the vessels of the house of the Lord and all the exiles. Yet hear now this word that I speak in your hearing and the hearing of all the people. The prophet who preceded you, the prophets who preceded you and me from ancient times, they prophesied war and famine and pestilence against many countries and great kingdoms. As for the prophet who prophesies peace, when the word of the prophet comes to pass, then it will be known that the Lord has truly sent the prophet. Then the prophet Hananiah took the yoke bars from the neck of Jeremiah, the prophet, and broke them. Just let this play out in your mind. This is happening in the middle of the church. And Hananiah spoke in the presence of all the people, saying, Thus says the Lord, Even so will I break the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, from the neck of all the nations within two years. It's creative. But Jeremiah the prophet went his way. Jeremiah walks away at this point. Sometime after the prophet Hananiah had broke the yoke bars from off the neck of Jeremiah the prophet, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Go tell Hananiah. 
This is not the kind of word you ever want to hear. Nobody prophesies this stuff. Thus says the Lord, you have broken the wooden bars, but you have made in their place bars of iron. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have put upon the neck of all these nations an iron yoke to serve Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. And they shall serve him, for I have given him even the beasts of the field. And Jeremiah the prophet said to the prophet Hananiah, listen. This is, now this is in person. Listen, Hananiah. The Lord has not sent you, and you have made this people trust in a lie. Therefore, thus says the Lord, behold, I will remove you from the face of the earth. This year you shall die. And we all said, wait, 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 wait. This year you shall die because you have uttered rebellion against the Lord. And that same year in the seventh month, the prophet Hananiah died. <laughs> Amen. Are we in the seventh month right now? No, okay. There's no, there's no like biblical numerology coming at you. Just going to share what I know is being said here. The future of this nation is at stake. And two prophets are in the house of God speaking what God has said. One of them, Hananiah specifically, has attached to it twice. Thus says the Lord, which would make you think he's probably heard from the Lord, right? Or is he adding just enough to take away people's ability to see and hear from the Lord? It's very interesting, right? This conversation that starts to happen, which leaves every person there in a space where they have to decide, what is God even saying? Like, these are two prophets. One of them's wearing a prop to do his stuff, and the other one has taken that prop off of him and destroyed it. What do we do? There's a couple things I just want to share about this. One, Hananiah's message sounds great. You're going to be taken out of exile. You're going to not have to deal with this anymore. I'm going to restore. God's going to restore the, the church like it should be. He's going to bring back the people who were taken away. This is the message that people would want to hear at this time. Make no mistake. The prophet Hananiah is speaking to them what they would like to hear because they've been in bondage, right? They've been in exile. They want this freedom and it seems right. I mean, it almost sounds as if Jeremiah doesn't have enough faith. It almost sounds if Jeremiah needs to be taken away and be like, Jeremiah, you just need to believe and trust God for what he's going to provide. Jeremiah is saying submit, which doesn't make any sense. Why would he be asking the people of God to continue to submit? It's as if God is saying my work and my people is not done yet. And if this happens in this way, it might not be accomplished, right? The Lord's ways are different than our ways. I kind of feel like all throughout history, the times where we've attached to the gospel, the things that we've wanted is when the worst things have happened. I mean, just think about how the Crusades could even be, how could someone even make that make sense other than it would be great to destroy our enemies? Wouldn't it just be great? Let's just kill everyone. That's awesome. Yahweh said that. He said that? That's what happens. We attach. If we don't do the work that Jeremiah has done in this passage, the weeping prophet. So where does this kind of discernment happen? Well, first off, there's a couple things about Jeremiah that are really important here. This prophet tells him the wrong prophecy, and Jeremiah is affirming and hearing him. Let that be so. Think about this scenario. The wrong prophet 
is spoken to by the right prophet. The wrong prophet makes a display of how right he is by destroying things. The right prophet walks away, literally walks away. The right prophet waits for God to speak. After he's sure that he heard the God speak, he goes in person to Hananiah. He doesn't make a display of the, that could have been a huge display. God's about to kill you, bro. You're about to be taken off of the face of the earth. He does it in person. But Jeremiah never quenches the idea that when you need to hear from God, you have to be in the place of listening. You have to be a listener. Here's how you don't hear from God forever. You don't need to hear from God. I can guarantee anyone, if you don't want to spend the time seeking God about listening and deciphering what his will is, you won't hear from God. The space that all these people are in is a space that is formed so that they can hear God. It doesn't mean that the answers are coming easy. It doesn't mean that as soon as they got to this space, when they showed up at the space, two prophets are speaking two very different things, and they still have to do the work of deciphering. The conversations were confusing, I'm sure, because Jeremiah is powerful. Why is he submitting? Why is he submitting to Hananiah? Hananiah seems bold and strong and courageous. He's willing to say the hard thing, right? He's willing to turn the tables of this scenario. This is confusing. But they're willing to put themselves in the place that Jeremiah does. And what Jeremiah does is he spends time rooted in the idea that he's asking, listening, asking, submitting, willing to sit in a strange place to wait until he hears from God. That's so important. That's so important right now. In fact, at the end, Jeremiah says, listen, we're not going to know the right thing until God actually does it. And that's how we know who was right. And if that's the case, then I'm submitting to that as well. So if I'm wrong, God help me be wrong as long as you're right. It's this idea of a prophet who's willing at all times to be so humble that if he is wrong, fix me, right? Like, I don't need to make a show of it. I don't need to demand anymore. God, it's possible I'm, I could be wrong because I'm a human, 100%. Even though you've called me to be a prophet, Jeremiah prophet, Hananiah prophet. It's possible I could be wrong. And if I'm wrong, don't let them hear that I'm right. This is the space prophecy needs to live in. This is the space Christianity needs to live in, where at all times you're always ready to say, I could be wrong here. If you want to talk about the people who are most formative in my life, as they age in life, typically younger people are not super humble. That's just the truth of it, right? Like, but the older people in our lives who can say, have I, have I harmed you in some way? Have I, did I do that? The one who can sit across from Hananiah and hear God's voice through a prophet who's speaking the wrong thing and not attack that person. This is the voice of humility that's willing to be on their knees until God makes it clear. And God doesn't do exactly what he did before. Because a hundred years before this story, he saved them from the Assyrian army exactly the way that Hananiah is talking about happening right here. He doesn't just do it so that we can, av we can avoid having to spend time with him to hear the work of being on our knees and being submitted and listening and waiting. In this season right now, the body of Christ needs to be submitted to saying, what are you leading us into? What do you need from us? What are we to do and not to do? Forgive us for the things that we've done and the things that we've left undone. But show us, God. Teach our kids how to be humble. 
Don't let our kids be the prophet Hananiah who make a scene in the sanctuary built around how how they've been gifted by you, confident in what they desire and not what you desire. Help our kids to discern how and when to speak with wisdom the truth of the gospel, especially now, God, because you're moving us towards something more powerful, more beautiful than we've ever experienced. The next season of your interaction on earth is going to involve, I believe, a resurgent of true faith, God, the kind that's built inwardly to go outwardly. So help us to be a part of that, God. Take us to our knees. From the inner to the outer, right? Because when we say to God, what are you saying? A few things are assumed. Jesus, you get to speak to it first, and it might look different than what I think. I don't know, and I need, he needs to hear us say, I don't know, and I can listen to others who might be wrong, like Hananiah. And then you can wait for God to give you the right words for whatever you're going through, especially right now. And so, Becca, if you want to come up, I'm doing my best to keep my sermons a little more concise in this season with kids in our room. Let's see if they're listening. Jeremiah, anyone? Anyone? Awesome. Anybody? All right, cool. So the question for you is, how do you discern? Right? And possibly, what do you want so badly that seems so much like God, what God did a year ago that he might not be doing this time? Are you, are you at a space where you can allow the fruit of God to, to surface in a different way than it ever has, right? Are you in such a place where you're trusting that he is going to come through? Because he does, and he will. But you don't get to say what it looks like. If you already know what it's going to look like and what it, what it has to be like, you've heard wrong. Get back on your knees. Humility. There's no disciple without 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 humility. If you're not humble, on your knees. There's no disciple without humility. There's no disciple without humility. It doesn't matter if what you're saying sounds good. If you don't have humility, you're not a disciple at this point. You need to spend some time in the face of the feet of God. The life of God is not in that. We need to humble ourselves before God. And we don't need to require that everyone else around us humbles themselves. We have to humble ourselves. Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't wait for the people in your house to humble themselves. You have to humble yourself. Doesn't work the other way. Requiring the body of Christ to finally do the things that you knew they needed to do is not the voice of God. Has to happen with you. I'm going to ask anyone in this room to join me on our knees. We need God. We need God right now. Lord, we don't know. Forgive us for saying we do. Break our hearts for what breaks yours. Bring restoration, God. 
bring reconciliation. But God, wake us up from our inner beings. Help us to not require justice without requiring it in our own hearts first. Forgive us for telling others how they should be without submitting our own hearts to you, God. We've enthroned our visions of you in our hearts. Break our hearts for what breaks yours. Help us to say sorry even when we're not wrong. Help us to search our hearts even when we're certain we know the right plan. Help us to be in step with the Spirit of God who is active and moving and having recreating and awaking and help us to say didn't our hearts burn within us so much so that living waters came forth to those around us forgive us for requiring worship to look like what we think it should look like because it won't be on this mountain or that mountain but it will be the spirit and truth got to start in each of us. I thank you for each person, God, that's here in this room and each person that's at home. Help us to be a voice of hope and love flowing from a place in our own hearts that's felt hope and love. We love you, Jesus. Break our hearts for what breaks yours. May May the Lord make his face to shine upon you keep you and bless you. Father God, we thank you that we get to walk with you and each other. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you again for joining us today, and please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.